You're listening to Random Fit with hosts Wendy Batts and Ken Miller, winner of a Gold Markham Award for Digital Media. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to this week's edition of Random Fit, where you have myself, Wendy Batts, and my co-host, Ken Miller, here to talk about everything random and fitness. <laughs> here on Random Fit, that is. <laughs> so how are you, Ken? I'm well, Wendy. You're looking good. Oh, thanks. Appreciate right. it. Uh, yeah. You know, you always look the same, Ken. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Better than worse. Uh, that's right. No, always, always a pleasure and love this this time of, of week when we get to sit down and really talk about different topics that do revolve around the fitness and wellness uh, kind of realm, if you will. And this week, we're actually going to talk about something that was brought up by one one of my clients recently, um, just on some of the things that they were doing that they didn't know that they were doing. And so when we were talking about some of these aches and pains and and just why is this happening and it doesn't seem to go away, I was asking some just basic questions like, do you do this? Do you do that? How do you sit? And and just to, to kind of make myself understand a little more. And he's like, yes, 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 and yes. I'm like, well, stop doing this, 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 and this. And um, so that's what we're going to talk about, just everyday activities of things that we do that may not be the best things for you. Yeah. And, and I think as a personal trainer, that's one of the things that you're, you're trained to do is watch, is watch people's movement. Because if you're talking about like what that, that, uh, that conversation you have with your clients and, you know, I, I just had that conversation with one of mine last week. It's like, are you aware that you tend to, you know, kind of lean and shift and cross, you know, like that's the way they stand, right? They, they'll do this. They'll shift their, like I had no idea, right? Mm -hmm. that, that that was their go their go to movement or their go to posture, and it's not just about okay, well I'm cold, I'm going to cross my arms. We're not just talking about proxemics and and body position and 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 postures, but you know sometimes people have a tendency to be in those positions because one it's it's actually very efficient because you're just resting on ligaments, right? You're resting on joints. Muscles don't have to be on. Uh, that whole time so they kind of they'll do the lean and they'll kind of tilt and they'll shift and and all of this just like if you're sitting in a chair and you know how you, you might put your your knee on your thigh and then just prop prop your head up on your hands that you know what that's an efficient movement energy wise you're not spending a whole lot but then for what we're going to talk about here on on random fit today we're going to talk about some of the tendencies clients have or their strategies to save energy that may or may not be the most efficient for their joints or the most safe for their joints because they could they're you know they they, they could just be putting more stress and contributing to issues that they might be trying to overcome through exercise but they kind of turn that all upside down when they then when they assume certain positions and i think you know some of the things that we have to go over today are really going to address some of the common things that people do that really don't do them any favors. Well, and you know, there's so many different reasons why I'm so excited about today it is because I think until you really think about it, you don't really know you're doing it. So for example, you know, uh, some of my um, older clients, 
I don't see it as much in my younger clients. I don't see it as much in my athletes, but I have noticed this with some people that might be coming over that are having some issues with their lower back and being a manual therapist, I can look at someone's sacrum to see, you know, is it moving in extension and flexion and rotation the way that it's intended to move? And if not, why is one side getting stuck? And I noticed that there was this continuous pattern I know that they're getting into their edge app. They're doing what they're supposed to do because I can see that. I can make sure that if I'm not working with them and I give them activities, when they log in, I know that they're doing something. And um, one of the things that I noticed when he came to the house was before I put him on the table to look at him overall, um, he pulled out a wallet out of his back pocket. And it's a wallet that wasn't very thin. It wasn't just credit cards only. It wasn't just a clip. It was a true wallet that was a, you know, a trifold and, you know, it had his credit cards in there, his, his ID and money. And um, it's one of those things that guys, if you have a wallet in your back pocket and you're sitting down, that wallet is going to take your hips and put you in a, a position that's not in neutral. There's going to be one side that's elevated. And if you're sitting on your, your tush for multiple hours of the day with that wallet in your back pocket, and it's something that's not uncomfortable because you're used to it, that can have a huge reflection of what happens at your hip. And then when you're in that position for a long time and you stand up, your hips are in an awkward position and that's going to lead to different asymmetrical shifting. It's going to lead to decreasing glute activation on one side, which is going to put more stress onto the other. And it's going to cause dis, um, discomfort in your lower back by just putting a wallet in your back pocket. So if you're doing that, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, I, I, I'll, you know, and I'll say too, Wendy, you know, when, when we've, when we've had the opportunity to travel and, and teach international one of the things that i do with my wallet i, I put it in my front pocket or I put it somewhere close to me but sitting for an extended period of time especially now if you know if you're if you're behind your computer you know over the last few years you've had these these virtual meetings and sitting and sitting and sitting but the other part of it is that that compression of the wallet into your hip so if you're if it's like right and that that side hip well, now you're you're looking at sitting on your on your hips, which now you're talking about the piriformis, where your your sciatic nerve can run through or around it or near it. Um, now you you're you're sitting on a nerve. Okay, mm -hmm. so that's just that's just another reason not to have anything in your back pocket. But you know, putting it in your front pocket's a good alternative. But just to think about wallets these days, I mean. You know, for me, because, you know, occasionally I have to do a podcast or a recording or something virtual on the road, I carried one of those little folding phone kind of holders that props it up at an angle. So that way I can do things hands free while the, 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 the camera is still focused on me. So that thing, I mean, maybe a couple millimeters thick, but it's still it still adds thickness because I put it in my wallet because I needed to have it accessible. Versus, you know, I'm leaning it against a tree or leaning, against, you know, for me to have, you know, do whatever I need to do um, to record. So that wallet part, Wendy, is is huge. And just taking just something as simple as taking it out of your back pocket, put it put it in your put it front pocket, in your jacket pocket, in your backpack, where, whatever else you have. But don't, you know, do what you can to not do it because it, it has so many ramifications, one of which is. It's going to affect, like you said, when it's just the tilt of the hips, but also you could be sitting on a nerve, right? Yep. yep. And then also, you know, with the same individual, when he first came in to talk to me about what was going on and, and I just, again, as a trainer, this is something I stress multiple times. 
let the person be the first time you meet them. And because it's going to tell you a lot about their personality, how they sit, how they stand. They don't know what you're looking for at this point anyway. And while he had a wallet in his back pocket, he talked to me and his wallet was in his right back pocket and he would cross his right leg over his left leg. So while, you know, especially women, when we have to wear a dress attire, so if we're wearing like a dress or a skirt, it's polite to cross your legs, um, as well as some individuals, some, some males like to cross their legs. It's just comfortable for them. Even my seven-year-old's crossing his legs these days. But when you do that, think about what's happening, not just what we talked about with the wallet, but even when you cross your legs, the amount of pressure you're putting on the other side. And then too, on the circulation standpoint for the leg that's being crossed, um, there can be you know multiple things that are happening. And again, it's taking that hip out of neutral position. So when you're going back to a standing position, if you've been in that position for a long period of time, then it can absolutely cause dysfunction at the hip, which is going to lead to more compensations when you're actually moving, walking, playing, doing whatever you're doing. So if you're crossing your legs, stop, just keep your knees together and sit, sit um, the way that you were supposed to sit with both feet on the ground and in an upright position. Yeah. And I think Wendy, I think our listeners are, as, as I'm listening to you to speak here, one of the things I think our listeners might be things like, well, I'm, am I not supposed to do that at all? Well, let's, let's just say, no. <laughs> Best case scenario, no. You're sitting proper, you know, whatever, whatever you need. But I will say this, Ken, as you're talking, I have one leg out. So I'm actually sitting over like, so it's not just crossing in like the proper way. I've actually got one leg at a, in a four, you know, so I'm making a figure mm -hmm. four. That, yeah. is, that is not good either. So don't do that either. So I'm going to yeah. fix that. <laughs> and I think the bigger picture is, is that we don't want to be in those positions for, an hour and a half, two hours for your whole workday. If you're, if you're, if you're somebody that sits behind the computer all day long, we just don't want to be in those positions all day long, move around. If you're going to do that figure four that you talked about, Wendy, be in that figure four. If you want to cross your legs, cross legs, but we do want you, when you think about it, sit up tall, have your, you know, have your feet hip width apart, knees right over your ankles and, and do what you got to do. And then when you feel a little tired, you know, if you if you're fortunate enough to have one of those adjustable workstations, then do that. But just try not to assume certain positions too often or for too long. And that's where things can, you know, start to contribute to muscle imbalances or contribute to whatever pain or discomfort you might be experiencing in certain areas of your body. Very true. And then another very common one that sometimes and I'm going to blame cars on this one. Um, because every car is a little bit different. So obviously yeah. when you're sitting in chairs, sometimes there's bucket seats, sometimes it's straight across. It kind of depends. So how you're sitting down is one thing, but often, especially if you're driving in your car off, you know, a, a lot, if you, if you travel and there's long distances you have to go, or if you're someone like me that lives in Atlanta and you may be hitting traffic or somebody like in, in California can, I know that this is also an issue with where you guys are. People yeah. tend to put their arm on the armrest while they're driving and they're just waiting patiently. And when you do that, that elevates one shoulder and you're putting your body weight into it. So it shifts your rib cage and your torso over to one position. And then you're adding pressure, um, which again, there's a lot of, you know, you've got to think about the ligaments and nerves that go through even your elbow. I mean, think about when you hit your quote funny bone, how that tingles. There's a lot of things that can start to happen with long, like long-term things, but also it causes one side of your shoulder to elevate if it becomes overactive, especially in that upper trap, 
and then people get headaches, discomfort in their neck, and they look a little lopsided. Um, but it, you know, so if, if you think about that too, if you're using the armrest, try to make yourself more level, try not to lean into it while you're doing that. But then also think about the headrest. If you notice that your headrest is slightly leaned forward, do what I did. You can turn it and take it backwards. So your head's still protected should, unfortunately you get into a wreck, but then also it doesn't put you into this forward already compensated position that most people live in when you can actually try to get yourself in a neutral, safer position for your neck. Right. And, and Wendy, how many times have you gotten into someone else's car? Like you're driving someone else's car and their seat is way reclined. Lean back. And they're <laughs> lean back. Right. So they're leaning back and you're like, how, the, how do they see over the hood? I can't the see over the. <laughs> if they're leaning so far back. Because I mean, you think about it, you're leaning back and then you're, then you're the only other position your head can be in is forward. Right. So you can see what's going on in front of you. Right. So as we're talking about uh, everyday activities, right from wrong here on Random Fit with both Wendy Batts and I, Ken Miller, uh, we are talking about postures and postures that people will assume throughout the day that may or may not be the best for you. So in this conversation about cars and sitting, uh, you know, everybody knows when they get into my car. Right. Because my seat is up. My head, my headrest is adjusted for what you see. And I have, you know, my seats back a little bit because I like to lengthen out my legs, right? I don't have that long of a leg, but people are like, how do you reach the pedals, right? Because, because <laughs> everybody, you know, they're, they're, you know, they play, you know, and the, and the thing about it is everybody plays or positions their seat to where they feel comfortable. And a lot of times they feel comfortable in a knee flexed, you know, hip, you know, laying down like they're in a recliner. Because, you know, their hamstrings may not, they may not have the most uh, extensibility through their, through their hamstring comps, through the knees, through their hips, right? And maybe they, they are leaning on that armrest and that's why they can recline a little bit because, you know, everything else is supported and all they have to do is keep their head upright. But when someone gets into my car, they're always like, why is your seat so upright? You sit like this? Well, it's like, well, I'm. I actually like to sit upright. I like to engage my trunk and I look at driving. I, I don't drive a whole lot these days, but I can, I can endure, you know, a length of a drive around where I live for what I do with my kids and, you know, be upright and engaged. I'm not, you know, leaning back because I, now I'm more aware of my posture and positioning when I drive and I like to do what I can to kind of cheat in a little bit of activity or activation even when I do drive, even though that's, you know, it's, it's not just an A to B thing, but I want to be more conscious of how I hold myself and how I can take some stress off of, you know, certain areas of my body with that more upright posture. Well, I think two other things that I notice in, in cars, um, especially with clients, uh, you know, we worked with someone that used to drive a truck, like, and I say a truck, um, they were, uh, I think UPS or FedEx, one of the drivers. And when she came to me, she was having some issues with her knee and her hip. But we noticed, too, that when I asked her, how do you drive? You know, she was like, I just sit down and this is my position. Like, it's all fine. Everything's great. But I noticed that her foot was turned out. So, guys, when when people are saying that they're in their car for a long time, you can ask these questions. Or if you are driving yourself, look at your, your foot on the gas. Is your foot just kind of is it upright? Um, is it slightly turned out? If it's turned out, that can lead to some issues at the knee. It can lead to some issues and um, deactivation in the hips and glutes 
which nobody wants that. So, you know, try to look at what's happening at the foot, make yourself more aware of your foot position. And if you're, um, you know, someone with long hair and you put your, your hair up in a bun or a ponytail or, you know, man bun, whatever it is that you do, where you have something that's right in the upper center part of your, your head and you're driving, it will also put you in a forward head position. And I just noticed this the other day when we said we were going to do this, I wear my hair up usually in a bun when I go and train my clients to keep it out of my face, especially if it's a, a power type day. And I noticed that my head's forward because I can't put it back because I've got that bun that's that's keeping me from doing that. And so, you know, little things. And that's why we wanted to talk about this today on Random Fit. When we're talking about these everyday activities, we are talking about these activities that that's just how you dress, how you walk, how you stand, how you sit, things that we just want to make you aware. If you're doing this, maybe look at yourself realistically and say, oh, you know what? I'm doing this. I probably shouldn't. Is there a better way or a better position or something that maybe I can help myself do to keep myself from having discomfort or injuries long term if I'm not careful? Right. And, and you know, sitting, standing, you know, are, are two, two, two of the things that we, we want to look at. But let's let's talk about, you know, what we do behind the computer. Like you and I right now, we are recording this podcast and we are sitting down and then unfortunately there's people that do this this is their job this you know you and I we both we're both up out and about we're working with people we're walking around we're picking things up putting things down for them uh, but for those of us that well for those of us like right now I'm sitting behind this is what they do for their nine to five and a lot of times you know longer than that so when we when we talk about that seated position that workplace position you know one of the things that we and i and it's funny because funny because as a personal trainer we're talking about movement and mechanics and and intensities and volume and overload principles and all of those things but when we're when we're talking about sitting at a desk right we have to look at okay how are we possibly overloading our body from this seated position so this is where you know, I find myself talking about ergonomics just as much about anything else because it's, it's one thing to have that one, two, maybe three hours a week when you're training uh, with me, but it's nothing compared to how long you're going to sit behind a computer looking at your screen, typing away at the keyboard, and how your body is positioned um, from that vantage point. So ergonomics winds up being um, and I guess that's what we're talking about overall, whether you're sitting behind a chair or behind a desk. But ergonomics is is a huge, huge point of discussion, especially when I'm working with a corporate athlete and how, you know, one of my first questions, how do you have your desk set up? Right. So, you know, and, and as it relates to what they might be coming to me for with like shoulder issues, neck issues, uh, low back discomfort and things like that. So the one of the first things I, I like to talk about is okay, what's contributing to this, this forward head process or this forward head position to where your neck is extended and forward, right? It's a cervical extension and forward. And that's adding a lot of stress to those posterior neck muscles uh, that are having to work so hard over the duration of the day, because how you sit behind the computer is a lot of times how you're going to carry yourself when you're, when you're done with work, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's really important. And, you know, you'll also ask the questions, not just about the desk setup, you know, ask, do they have dual screens? I mean, I teach a lot. Um, you know, most of my job as teaching is online, 100% online. So if you have two different screens, and I'm constantly reading something on this screen, and then I'm going back and looking here, but I'm spending more time looking away at an angle that actually affected which 
you guys have heard me talk about my neck issues that actually was one of the contributors to some of the things that were leading to some of the, um, the compensation patterns that I had. And I didn't really think about it. You know, we just kind of get stuck in our day to day. We don't think about what we're doing and, you know, oh, I don't sit there for longer than this. Well, it doesn't matter if I'm doing that multiple times throughout the day, even if it's not consecutive over that amount of time, it will start to really, you know, become more of the norm, which is not in the best position or where your head is meant to be. And same thing with the shoulders, but you know, the desk is important. And one of the things to think about is, you know, spend one, one, one day looking at your setup and then what could you do to change it? And then are there ways that you can make it more um, where you're still comfortable, but yet it's also going to be better for your positioning, but also to think about how you're going into work and the things that you have to bring to work. Um, what I mean by that is if, especially if you're in corporate America and you still have to wear business suits or any kind of heel we often think that, you know, men don't wear high heels. Well, they usually do, because if there's a dress shoe, there is a heel associated unless they're the moccasin type of shoe where it's it's usually pretty flat. I don't see those as often. Um, but, you know, look at that. Any kind of slight elevation in the back that puts you in a um, plantar flex position. So you're you're kind of like on your toes. That's going to lead to shortness of the calf that can also lead to dysfunction at the knee and the hip. Um, so not saying that you can't wear your dress shoes because you're going to do that, especially women, if you're wearing higher heels than that too, the same positioning, it's just more intense. The best thing you can do is when you're done with your day at work, spend 30 to 45 seconds and stretch your calves, give yourself some better length. So therefore, if you don't, or if you don't, what ends up happening is your feet start to turn out and then that's going to be what's comfortable. And it's mainly just because your calves are too tight. And then that starts res restricting the ankle that's also going to affect the knee that can still lead to hip and then all the way up to the shoulder. There's a lot of different things that if something's not working right at the foot and ankle, it can blow out your shoulder. It can blow out your neck There's because everything is interconnected, which we've talked about for multiple positions and times. So look at your shoes. And even if you're wearing tennis shoes, if they have the air pockets in the back that put you in that position and you notice you're no longer flat in your foot, that may not be the best shoe to wear other than if they're cute. I'm all about looking cute sometimes in my, my even my tennis shoes, but look at long-term, how long are you standing in those shoes? And then what can you do to counteract what you're doing if you're going to wear that? Right. And I, you know, it kind of sounds funny when I'm going to say this, but sometimes you have to do movement prep just to wear what you're going to wear. Right. So for some, so, so some of my, you know, a lot of times we talk about movement preparation or warm up before, a workout or before some kind of activity. But if I know that my my client is going to be wearing, like you're saying, a, 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 whether it's a, a high-heeled or a hard-soled shoe with some heel on it, and again, a lot of formal shoes um, will have that hard sole. But also the fact that it's a hard sole, okay, it doesn't allow that pronation and supination. So basically that's the arch falling and coming up as we walk. You don't have that opportunity to do that really well through the foot. So like you said, Wendy, doing a calf shirt, it's not just when you take the shoes off, but having some kind of stretch has helped some of my clients even before they do it. So they'll do like a corrective strategy, if you will, where they'll do a, a calf stretch, maybe some, you know, some doing some ankle dorsiflexion and then so that's basically you sitting there and bring raising your toe up to your knee to activate the front of your shin so as one side gets a little 
stagnant and tight and shortened. Another side might be more lengthened. So just to kind of offset and improve blood flow overall. Then you can then you can put on your shoe for whatever extended period of time you need to. Uh, but when there are opportunities to take off the shoes, um, you know, whether you're at your desk, take your shoes off. If you're on an airplane, take your shoes off, right? Just to move the foot around a little bit. Some people you might need to be not. careful on an airplane. So make well, sure you know, I mean, I've had some people take <laughs> off their shoes and it is not appropriate. So if it, you know your feet stink, don't do that. Well, I'm um, not saying take off your socks and then start, you know. Yeah, but sometimes so, the socks are even worse. So. Wow. <laughs> Just be respectful. If it, you're going to do that, it, be respectful. So. Wow. Okay. I think that's a different topic altogether. <laughs> <but> we, <laughs> yeah. You know, etiquette in public places. Yeah. Right. But, hey, maybe that's that's our next one or something. But, uh, you know, and, and I think that kind of leads to so many different things, too, when we're talking about attire. You know, I know myself, I did not start doing this until about a year ago where I started using my AirPods or using some kind of headset when yeah. I was on the phone. Huge. And those of you guys that know me, I am on the phone all the time. If I'm not working because I'm taking a call, I'm in the car, I'm trying to multitask, getting a lot of stuff done. And there for the longest time, especially when I, with my neck issues, I was taking my phone, I'd hold it down onto my shoulder and then I would just multitask of doing something. And that is one of the worst things that you can do. So if you noticed, and I have a client that still does not use a headset, still doesn't use AirPods, and is the old school, have phone on his shoulder while he's typing on the computer, getting stuff done, that can lead to severe, severe compensations long-term. That can lead to a lot of discomfort and headaches and shortness of um, you know muscles that can cause compression to um, some significant things that are going to go on into your shoulder if you're not careful because of the compression and the discs. So, um, you know, try to use headsets, you know, when you're on the phone, put them on speaker, anything that you can possibly do to maintain good postural alignment with your neck, because we are on our phones all the time. We're looking down texting. We're having issues with the thumbs. So, you know, think about all the things that uh, <laughs> that we're talking about. If you are these people, get a headset, get the AirPods, get something yeah. to put yourself in a better position of your neck. Yeah, one of the, one of the more funnier stories I have about investing in a headset is I was working with a client. He had just sold his company for $20 million and he's coming to me with some neck issues. I'm like, well, what did you do all day? Well, I'm in a meeting. It's like, well, did you have your headset on? He's like, I don't have a headset. I'm like, you just sold your business for 20 plus million dollars and you're not buying a headset, you know, you whatever 20 30 40 dollar investment at the at a minimum but make the investment because the what it's going to save you in muscular stress alone but that's one of the funnier stories i have it's like dude you could send your send your assistant out get a headset use the headset i know it's like i'm old school i'm like no that's exactly <laughs> what my client said and yeah. he is an older individual but he still owns his own business super successful super successful and i'm like seriously but you know what he's like but i do have like the extender and i'm like that is still you're still cocking your head yeah so it may not be all the way down it in there you have to, yeah. have to wedge it between your 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 ear and your shoulder if anything that's even worse yeah. And then there is, because again, I know we could go through so many different things, but this yeah. one's also a huge red flag. And unfortunately, we're seeing this more and more in our youth. But if you carry a purse or a man, I don't care if it's a man purse, a female purse, a bag, anything that is on one shoulder, guys realize that usually when you have something that's on a shoulder, especially on one side, 
then you are going to have to elevate that shoulder in order to keep that bag on your shoulder without falling off. We don't think about it. And I would always wear a purse um, on one side and never switch sides because it's like, I'm, you know, I, this is what's comfortable. This is what I know. This is where I put it. Um, it can also lead to or, um, compensations, especially on that one side. And then if you're like, okay, well, I'm, I'm totally in the clear because I wear a backpack. The thing about a backpack and Ken has seen me, I look like a turtle sometimes because I don't want to check a bag and I have my suitcase and my backpack and I have everything stuffed in both of these. So therefore I have two things. I have my purse and my backpack that also has my schedule, my computer and everything in that that I have on my back. So because it's heavier, you roll your shoulders forward. You sometimes put your hands on there to take the stress off of your shoulders but your head's forward, your shoulders are forward, you're kind of hunched over a little bit, and it is so not good for you. <laughs> and now we're seeing this with kids because there's so, oh, so many yeah, books yeah. that they're having to bring home to study and everything. And these books are huge. And unfortunately, I watch kids get off the bus and they're hunched over because their backpacks are stuffed. So, yeah, on those, on those, yeah, on those big homework days when my daughter comes home, she's got three thick books, you know, social studies, math, and, and her English books are really thick, right? And when she has those nights, when she has all three of those um, subjects that she has to study for, um, I mean, what I, I, as much as I want her to, you know, be able to shoulder her, her own workload, uh, you know, I'll take that off of her, you know, and I'll, and I'll walk her to the car or I'll walk her wherever she's going with the bag, just because I know for her frame, it is a lot of weight. I mean, for me, I just pick it up and it, it's nothing. But for for someone who's her age group, then, you know, it is a lot of weight. It is a lot of weight. So for, for you parents, you know, if, if you have the backpacks that do have the wheels on them, you know, you can do that. I mean, we could always go back to when I was in junior high. When well, I we're not allowed. So my son isn't allowed to have yeah. backpacks with wheels. Um, wow, I, don't, okay. I don't know why. So very, some schools are different. Um, but I yeah. agree. I mean, I carry my son's bag and he's in first grade, but he still comes home with stuff that's in his bag. Yeah. Now, um, now, just to clarify, it's only on those days where it's, it's heavy. Every other day I let her do it because it's not that long of a walk, but I also don't want, cause she'll really exaggerate that forward lean. She'll really, she'll hold on to their straps. Just like you're describing when she'll, she'll hunch over, she'll hold on to straps, And it's like, she's hauling like a big old, Log. You never offered to carry my backpack. I mean, I know I'm not your daughter or anything, but come on now. <laughs> well, have you seen your backpack, Wendy? On top of my, yes, backpack. I have. <laughs> if, if, just so you know, if you're ever following Wendy in an airport and she's got that big haul that she's talking about, give her plenty of room to turn around because I've seen her whack a wall, whack somebody who's sitting down. It's like, oh, watch out! She needs those reverse lights. When, when she's very turning. true. And you know what? Yeah. I don't, I don't walk slow either. So just get out of my way. Yeah. I got, yeah, I'm on a mission, you know, out. and you know, people are like, I might be short, but I walk very fast. So yeah. I don't, I, I got places to be. I'm on a timeline. I don't like to be late and I have everything on my back that I want off as fast as possible. So yeah, just, so just watch out if she needs to, especially if you're on her flight, she's walking down that aisle. She better. Yeah. Don't ask me a question yeah. or I'll turn around yeah, and knock that person around. out. She's going to whack yeah. somebody in the head. Uh, and unfortunately, I have done that and felt like pond scum where I'm like, I am I so sorry. Let me buy you a drink. Um, you know, oh, gosh. <laughs> well, okay. Okay. can there's so many different things I know we could talk about, but these were just some of the common things where now my clients say, 
you know what, you pointed this out to me. And I've noticed sometimes when I'm at work on a meeting that I am sitting with my legs crossed. And I've been this way mm -hmm. for a long time, yeah. or I'm at the grocery store, and I look down and my feet were pointed outwards. And then I forced myself to bring them in while I'm waiting in line at the checkout store. Or you know what, when I was driving, and you told me to bring my head back on a headrest just to try to relax the forward part of my neck. Yeah. That was the whole intention of today is just to say, hey, some of these activities that you're doing, that's just life and not saying that you're going to stop it, but maybe just becoming more aware if you're doing this and you're doing it often, try to find an alternative way. So therefore, over however many, you know, however many days you've done it, it's going to take even longer for you to reverse it, but try to make yourself um, more aware and then fix it. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, or if, if you're doing it, just. As soon as you think about it, stop. I mean, there's only so many ways you can stand, so many ways you can sit. But if you're if you find yourself and you catch yourself doing any one of these, and I say we'll call them compensation patterns um, for everyday activities, you know, just you know, just know that one, as I always like to bring up with my clients, is that when you come to me with low back discomfort, shoulder, whatever the situation is, think about what you did throughout the day. You know, hopefully I've empowered them with some some courses of action that they can do to relieve that tension, but just be more mindful for the next time. It's just, you know, eventually you'll do it less and less and less. And even if you do do it, it's not enough to aggravate, you know, certain, you know, postures or muscles that you tend to have problems with. So just being able to identify and address and do what you need to do, then, you know, now you now it's not just you're coming to me with all these questions, just think think for yourself. Like, yes. Sometimes. Awareness is key. Awareness is key. So That's right. That's right. So Wendy, again, as always, a lot of good stuff here. And I think for those of you guys listening to us here, both Wendy Batts and I, Ken Miller on Random Fit, hopefully we've given you some information or some ideas of things you can do to evaluate yourself and how you hold yourself during your waking hours that might contribute to certain ways that you might be feeling throughout the day. So Again, as always, thank you so much for listening to both of us here on Random Fit. Uh, like, follow, subscribe, download, share, uh, and of course, comment. Let us know what you want us to talk about, and we'll do what we can to get that on our next episode for you. So until next time, everybody, take care, be well.